Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. Before we hop into this episode, I'd like to take a second and do the usual housekeeping. Um, Please go and uh, take a look at our social media. That's at Motley Experience, M-O-T-L-E-Y-X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. Use the hashtag Stuff Explained. Uh, We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also email um, info at themotleyexperience.com, anything related to this particular episode, other past episodes, the podcast in general, the blog, the Motley Experience, um, any questions, comments, things like that. Um, maybe even something that you'd like to to be read on, on a future upcoming episode. Um, again, use the hashtag stuff explained on social media. Also, as far as the actual podcast goes, Please leave a review and some comments. It really helps raise the visibility on um, Apple Podcasts, for example. Uh, obviously, like the more reviews and the more stars a show has, the more it is it is shown and featured. So that would be a massive help that I would very, very much appreciate. And with all that being said, uh, let's get into the show now. Life is a journey of exploration, learning, and growth. Basically, the world is full of fascinating stuff. Join me, Aristides Marousas, as I uncover interesting facts and discuss big ideas on Stuff Explained from the Motley Experience. Experience your world. So the topic of this week's episode is going to be around the history of of something that likely all of us have. So if you're listening, you probably have this. You might be wearing it right now. Uh, If not, you are 99.9% sure you have these in your closet. I am talking about jeans, people. Um, Not what you're born with, the kind that you go and buy, denim jeans. So this episode is going to look into the history of jeans, how they came to be, how they were birthed into the world, and also take a look at uh, what surprised me is the um, pretty severe environmental impact that they have, that the production has. So we'll we'll get into that and what we can do to help that situation. And uh, yeah, let's get into that then. So let us start at the very beginning. Now, apparently the word jean started out in the 1800s and was in reference to a twill cotton cloth that was used for trousers. The history of jeans, the the actual trousers themselves, seems to go all the way back to the 18th century in Italy, where the Genoan sailors of the time wore these outfits that were made from denim. And it's believed that the word jeans came from uh, the word Genoa. Um, and so the word denim actually refers to a type of cotton cloth called serge denim, which literally means cloth from Nîmes, which is a town in the south of France. Uh, so 
even though we think of uh, denim jeans as being a very American classic garment, it actually seems that both the material and perhaps even the names, though this isn't verified 100%, but it's possible that these can be traced back to um, what I mentioned just now, the Genoans, and the term for where I suppose these sourced at least some of the cotton cloth from Serge Denin. Now, on to what we're more familiar with, and that's the American jean. So the first American jeans were made from slightly different fabrics than their European counterparts, but plantation labor eventually made cotton widely available in the United States. In 1871, Jacob Davis, a tailor in Reno, Nevada, began using rivets in the pants and overalls he made and mended for local miners. The workers would often complain about how the pockets would frequently rip and it was just very hard to maintain and it seems that these copper rivets actually seem to do the trick and in fact you can still see the rivets in today's jeans. Um, His innovation was a success, obviously, and he soon teamed with a German immigrant, Levi Strauss, in San Francisco to protect and patent this new clothing that he came up with. So Davis soon moved to San Francisco to join Strauss, and the two began wide-scale production of the pants. Now, we associate jeans with Levi, but Jacob Davis actually had a massive contribution to it. So, you know, I found it important to make sure he got his due. Um, So now we fast forward a little bit to 1886. Levi's jeans introduced the leather label uh, that showed the two horses trying to pull apart a pair of pants. And I'll be honest, I've worn Levi's jeans before and I knew that there were horses on the label, but I never really paid close enough attention. And it wasn't until today making this podcast episode that I realized that the two horses are trying to rip a pair of pants. And they're doing that as a testament to the durability of the product. And also the reason that they put that leather label on was as a proof of authenticity. Because in 1890, the patent for riveted pants expired. Um, But Levi's had already cemented itself as the jeans company of choice. So um, all different brands began producing their own version of denim jeans. Uh, Also in 1890, the now iconic Levi's 501 style was created and became a huge sensation. Now, it was during the second half of the 20th century that blue jeans became a wider cultural phenomenon. In the 1920s and 30s, Hollywood really helped to popularize the pants as the popular cowboy actor types like John Wayne and Gary Cooper wore them on the big screen. We go to the 1950s and the jeans became associated with rebellion and anti-establishment youth. Um, And you had idols like Marlon Brando and James Dean frequently being pictured wearing them. The 60s and 70s saw hippies, anti-war protesters, and women's liberation organizers all wearing blue jeans as a show of support for the working class as well as equality. Rock and roll also frequently depicted artists rocking, pun intended, these blue jeans. And so over the decades, the styles of jeans have changed and they range anywhere from baggy to skinny and colors from white to black and all the different shades of blue, 50 shades of blue, if you will. But what hasn't changed is a seemingly global appreciation for these very versatile denim pants. Hey you, yeah, 
you over there listening to stuff explained from the Motley Experience. So if you're already listening to stuff explained from the Motley Experience, why not take that next step and head on over to the motleyexperience.com forward slash connect. Then all you got to do is enter your email address and you instantly become a part of the Motley Experience community. By doing this, you'll get the weekly insider newsletter that gives you all the latest and greatest from the Motley Experience, including updates from your favorite podcast, Stuff Explained. Again, themotleyexperience.com forward slash connect. There's absolutely nothing like having custom-made quality music for whatever your project might be. So if you're in the market for custom-made music, look no further than Retcon Industries. They provide tailor-made music for all sorts, whether it's professional wrestling, podcasts, trailers, and so much more. They can do it for you. So for more information, go to www.retconindustries.com or email my good friend Greg at retcongreg at gmail.com. Retcon Industries can also be found on Facebook and on Instagram at Retcon Industries. That's R-E-T-C-O-N Industries. Now, not to be a Debbie Downer, but there is a cost to all this love and high demand for jeans. And denim is made primarily with cotton. And um, it's often now blended with synthetic fibers like polyester. Uh, But cotton itself is a very um, resource-intensive crop. So to give you an idea, producing just one kilogram, which is 2.2 pounds of cotton, can require up to 7,660 gallons of water, depending on where it's being grown. So just to give you something to compare it to, producing that same amount of tomatoes, so 2.2 pounds of tomatoes, requires only 76 gallons. So cotton also consumes a lot of chemicals. 16% of all insecticides are used on this plant, and many of them pose significant health risks for the farm workers and also nearby residents. Xintang, a town in southern China, is the denim capital of the world and sees some of the worst impacts of denim manufacturing. It produces one in every three pairs of jeans sold. And because of limited regulatory oversight back in 2013, um, Xintang's rivers were a deep blue and not the nice kind. And they smelled horrible as a result of manufacturers dumping their, their chemical wastewater in the local waterways. And unsafe amounts of toxic metals like mercury, lead, and copper were found in the water. And residents who relied on on these rivers for drinking and even bathing um, ended up having some some consequences, such as uh, reporting rashes, lesions, and some locals believed that it also caused infertility amongst the people in the area. So denim goes through an intensive dyeing and finishing process, beginning with what gives the fabric its signature indigo color, which was originally plant-based, but today is largely replaced with a synthetic version. So after dyeing, fabrics are then repeatedly treated and washed with a variety of different chemicals like bleach to soften, fade, or texturize the fabric. Acid wash, distress, and light wash all require additional treatments and chemicals. A lot of these chemicals by themselves are actually considered poisonous and toxic, uh, but they're used and frequently washed to get the genes to be you know, whatever style they're, they're being marketed and sold as. 
Um, some good news after the health and environmental issues caused by denim manufacturing was brought to light, the Chinese government did take some steps and they shut down 76 facilities. Um, and it cost like millions. I believe the figure was like $1.1 billion to the U.S. economy in terms of denim manufacturing, closing down all those facilities. Uh, but the industry also responded by using new production techniques that require less water and chemicals. So the industry is slowly, slowly starting to catch up and be more environmentally friendly uh, with their denim manufacturing. Uh, now, for us consumers, what can we do? Because we're obviously part of this equation. You know, they're supplying our demand. So recommendations for us are to avoid fast fashion clothing, which is usually pretty affordable. Um, and it's affordable because it's cheaply made. It only really lasts a season or, or so. That's what it's meant for. That's why it's called fast, fa- uh, fast fashion. It's basically you get it and then next year it's out and then you just quickly replace it because it didn't cost too much and you just throw throw it away usually. Um, so avoid those. Try shopping at thrift stores. I've gotten one or two things from thrift stores and it's um, or even antique stores too. And you'll be surprised at what you might be able to find if you just take a look now and again. There are some really quality-made stuff from years ago, decades ago even. You know, I just got um, a used leather jacket. Um, I don't really know when it was first made, but it's still, you know, standing the test of time. So we can do the same with uh, with jeans and denim for sure. Also, look for jeans dyed with natural indigo and made of organic cotton. And just this is kind of in general, try to buy more durable clothing that will last longer, will last the years even, and take care of them. It'll cost you more up front, but over the long term, uh, instead of having to repurchase clothing, uh, you just hold on to to whatever um, works, basically, whatever you get. And uh, there's definitely a lot of styles out there that regardless of whatever fashion trend is going on are can be considered pretty classical looks. And, you know, jeans are are up there with them. And just taking care of it and, and getting them mended when needed. And if they do rip or you are tired of them, instead of throwing them in the trash, um, try to uh, repurpose them somehow, or try to pass them on to a thrift store. Maybe someone else will find a treasure in your garbage. And that wraps it up for this week's episode of Stuff Explained. I hope you learned something. Um, I was a little distressed, to be honest, when I first heard of of how damaging making jeans was. I, I honestly did not realize the full extent and impact of it, but to realize how many chemicals are used in the production. And if you think about it, they're washed multiple times. So hopefully the finished product doesn't really contain that much residue, but it's a little scary to think about when you're wearing something against your bare skin that has been treated so with so many harsh chemicals and it's constantly up against your skin. So just some some food for thought. You know, uh, a lot of what I talk about on this podcast is con- um, concerned with mindfulness and awareness and being conscious about the decisions that we make. And, you know, some of the more obvious things are conscious about the food you put in your body and the content you consume. But even stuff as as uh, what we might think of as trivial as the clothes we wear, not necessarily for the style of them, but just for what they're made of and what impact, if any, they might have on our on our own bodies and also the world as 
as a whole. So just something to think about. And I'm going to wrap this up until next week. Uh, make sure to, to, to reach out if you have any comments on this, any advice on or examples of times that you've repurposed clothing, denim in particular, but any other clothing experiences in thrift shops um, and so on and so forth. All right, guys. Bye. Stuff Explained is written and produced by me, Aristides Marousas. Music is produced by the talented Greg Massey of Retcon Industries. Visit themontleyexperience.com for more thoughtful original content, and you can also find links to the sources used for each episode of Stuff Explained. Like us on Facebook at The Motley Experience. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Motley Experience and use the hashtag Stuff Explained. If you like this episode, leave a review, subscribe, and share with a friend. Thank you for listening.